and welcome to Victory Points. I'm Becca Scott, and this is the podcast where I get to interview amazing people that love games, design games, write about games, do lots of things having to do with board games. And today, I'm talking to Ruel Gaviola, a writing contributor to Geek and Sundry, I Slay the Dragon, and Tabletop Test, and the podcast The Five By. He is, incidentally, also an absolute joy of a human to game with. Aw, thanks, Becca. Happy to be here. And a very happy birthday to you, Ruel. Thanks. It's, I would. I, I don't want to be anywhere else except here on my birthday oh, talking good. to you about games. Good, because you're not allowed to leave. <laughs> Ever. Well, I can't leave with all these uh, cupcakes in front of me, so. Yeah, you caught me rushing back from getting you cupcakes. <laughs> it was very kind of you. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I just feel like there's this problem with birthdays where people don't eat enough sweets, and there needs to be sweets presented to you everywhere you go on a birthday. I'm okay with that. And speaking <laughs> of sweets, this morning for breakfast, because it is my birthday, I opened up my box of Thin Mints that I got from the local Girl Scouts, so I it's may or may not have, yeah, I may or may not have eaten like half that box. Well, that's what you're supposed to do with Thin Mints. That's why they're thin. <laughs> exactly. Now, Eat Thick half. Mints I couldn't do, but Thin Mints are okay. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, no, stay away from the thick yeah, mints. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, you do so many things. I just mentioned a few. And um, you also have done what you call a game and blog every day in November challenge. Yes. What yes. was that? And that why was, did you do that? That was crazy. Um, that just came about. So as a writer, you know, I like to challenge myself every now and then. And that challenge was, hey, I'm going to write every day um, on my blog about a game. So it gave me a chance to play a lot of games. Like, I don't really need an excuse to play games, right? But this <laughs> gave me a chance to uh, write about them as well. So um, I'd done a, a challenge a couple of years ago, actually, on my blog, where I wrote every day on my blog. That was insane. About a different game or just uh, about anything? Just about anything in life. So, you know, just places I ate or things that, you know, uh, places I went to or whatever. But for no that one November... I just wanted to focus on the games. So, yeah, I would just pick a game out of my collection, play it, or I would just, you know, go to my local game night every which every Wednesday night we'd play a bunch of games and just write about them. Um, I would just share experiences like how I liked them, how I didn't like them, who I played with, who, you know, who liked it, who didn't. Um, it was just a really good chance to, a great opportunity for me to just challenge myself to do something like that. And um, I loved every every day of it. You and know. you leveled up in your board gamer life. Yes, yes. It's, it's, and today I'm actually leveling up. That's right. Yeah, my birthday and everything. And oh yeah, <laughs> right? birthdays are the ultimate level up they for are. sure. They are. Um, what is it like to write about gaming? And how'd you get into it? Did you write about other things before? Or? Yeah. So I went to uh, school for, uh, as an English major back in the day at uh, UC Santa Barbara. Go Gauchos. <laughs> um, and um, I've always been a reader and writer. Um, I get that from my mom. Um, she devoured books when we were kids, and I just always remember there's books everywhere in the house. And, and when I was a kid, I remember her giving me a dictionary. She said, oh, Ruel, read this dictionary. I'm read like, the dictionary? Yeah, I'm like, Mom, why would no, I? No, Mom. Yeah, I'm like, Mom, I, but then she gave me this, it was like one of those cool like kids' dictionaries with a bunch of photos in them and cartoon or drawings and stuff. So I would that's how I, you know, learned to love the language, was reading this dictionary, like About a Macmillan dictionary. About how old were you? I was like, I don't know, five or six, I think. And so, you read the, no wonder well, I mean, you're I so brilliant. Thanks, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read it cover to cover. You know, there was parts where I skipped, the boring parts, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, from from a young age, I was always, you know, into words and writing, reading and writing and Again, my mom had all those books in the house, so it was nothing I wanted to read. 
it was like Harlequin romances, you know? And yeah, I was like, I don't want to read this, right? So it was funny when my mom would finish reading all those books, my dad would take me and my brothers to the local used bookstore and he'd trade in all these used books for store credit. And the store credit, of course, me and my brothers, yeah, we're buying comic books. Awesome. Yeah, so that's what really, really triggered my love of reading and writing was just reading all these great stories about Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, Gru the Wanderer, all these you know great comic Are books. Are you still an avid Marvel and DC reader? Um, I, I still enjoy it. I, I don't think I'd say avid, um, but I mean, I still really love you know all those universes. I mean, it's just, it's so cool to, you know, get outside of yourself and see these, you know, cool people doing cool things. Yeah, I take the shortcuts. I watch all the movies <laughs> right? and I've read a few comics, but uh, yeah. you can, there's only so many obsessions you can have and be loyal to at Ex- one time. That, that's so true. Yeah, so all the times that I spend playing games, I don't have time spent, spending to, uh, you know, watch movies or There's never com- enough time. Exactly. We need more time. Yeah, if only say a nuclear bomb would drop and I happen to be in a bank vault with very thick glasses <laughs> exactly. on. Exactly, but I would bring an extra pair of glasses. Oh, good call. Just in case, right? You never oh, know. Oh, man. So we're talking about an episode of The Twilight Zone. Burgess for... Meredith. Oh, is that the name of the episode? <laughs> that, that's the name of the actor. The name of the actress. Oh, Burgess episode. Meredith. Yeah, okay. he's the actor. He was also the trainer in the original Rocky. <gasps> and what else do I know about random facts here? Um, the <laughs> name of the episode, I think, was Time at Last. Time at Last. Yeah, I love the Twilight Time Zone. at Last. <laughs> um, that so, is an excellent episode. Yeah, so. I love that episode. I love the Twilight Zone as a kid, too. Um, but anyway, so... You oh, know, yeah, right. We're talking about board games. We're talking about board games and writing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so that's really cool, your Every Day in November challenge. Yeah. And uh, the Five By, what is that? The Five By. So the Five By, I started listening to this podcast about a year ago. Uh, it's put together by Mike Risley out. Um, and they review, they have a staff of writers and podcasters who review five different board games on each episode. And the episodes or the segments are five minutes each. So within a half an hour, you got a you know, five reviews of board games. And I loved it. It was like one of those things where, like, I love all kinds of board game podcasts, but a lot of them started going long, right? Mm. So an hour is cool. Two hours is all right. But once you get to the three-hour point, I'm like, <laughs> can't do it anymore. Oh, so, you are a loyal listener. Yeah, I try to be. But the three-hour mark, that's pushing it for me. So when the five-by came along, I was like, I love the format. It was like they cut out all this fat, and it's just, the reviews that's it and pre-written so yeah. it's very polished it is and so you know earlier um i think it was about march of march or april last year mike just dinged me on twitter he's like hey you want to come on and i was like of course I, i'd love to do i want to do the thing i'm a fan of seriously absolutely right? yeah so of course i jumped on it and yeah, it, I've been with them ever since. I think I've done about a dozen episodes or so, and I, I love it. It's just, it's so cool to be part of um, the Five By. You know? Well, well deserved because you are an incredible writer and know a heck of a lot about games, Thank you. you might say. So, what, this is my favorite question to ask people, what did you play as a child? What did I play as a child? So, <laughs> my first memory of gaming really is with my mom. And this is a funny thing. She taught me and my brothers how to do math with playing cards. Oh. Right? So, like, you know, she, it's sort of got us 
um, ready for gambling as well. She would teach us. Hey, the ga- yeah. Prepare kids for practical purposes. Right. You know, you know? got to be ready for anything. <laughs> so we played blackjack as kids. You know, and my mom was, you know, hey, the ace is one or eleven. Add that to a two. We're like, oh, so one, two, three, or it could be, you know, right? That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Make learning fun. Exactly. And the jacks and queens and kings are worth ten, and so that's my first memory um, of gaming. But like other kids, I mean, played Monopoly, played Risk, uh, Sorry, all those things. Um, and that, you know, throughout my childhood, that was it. You know, those type of games. But it was when I moved out of the house, you know during college and everything, I really got into poker. Oh. Poker was it. How yeah. into poker? Like. Competitive? Uh, yeah. I mean, I played in tournaments and I've wow. done the online thing for a while. And yeah, it was really, really, I mean, it was fun. But it's a whole different world. It's got this own like subculture of like, you know, degenerate gamblers, basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And the televised competition yeah. aspect. Yeah. So I was living with a couple of my buddies when we, we would host like weekly, you know, poker games and stuff. And sometimes we'd go out to Vegas or the local uh, Indian casinos or whatever and play poker. And That's so cool. Yeah. It's really cool. And then as, you know, as everyone's getting older and starting to, ha- you know, marry and settle down, have kids and stuff, the poker game sort of died out. Right. And, um, so I didn't play as much poker. So one day I just, out of nowhere, I decided, you know, I'm going to, you know, um, check out these board games that I saw online, right? I saw, what was, you know, it was actually uh, Will Wheaton's Tabletop. Really? I stumbled upon that just randomly on YouTube, right? And I was like, oh, these look cool, right? I've never heard of any Ticket to Ride, Pandemic, whatever. I've never heard of these. So four years ago... In January, I remember ordering Pandemic, and that was the first modern board game I ever wow. played. Wow. Yeah. It's so crazy that all of us who are so in it and we're sucking up the newest game all the time, it hasn't been that long. I mean, sure, Catan's been out, what, 17 years or right. something like that? Yeah. But uh, th- there, there were... The renaissance of gaming has just happened in this yeah. relatively short span of time. Yeah. And it's so crazy to think about how much it's changed our lives. It, it really, it, it's amazing, right? I mean, we are really in the golden age of board games. And um, when I got Pandemic, you know, I, had, I, I sort of knew what it was about. But when I opened it and put the pieces on the table and start playing, I was like, wow, this is nothing like I'd ever, any other game I've played before. You know, it was, I mean, it was a cooperative game. It was, you know, I had all these like cool little cubes and stuff. And I remember playing, I was like, oh my gosh, this is something really cool. And you know, I got my wife to play it. She didn't really care for it. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, whatever. So I can, I can solo it. Right. So I soloed game for like a month. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Now is that in retrospect, is it because she's not much of a cooperative game player? <laughs> she's she is a cooperative game player. I got to be careful what I say. Oh, right. I know. I mean, like in terms of her preference in gaming, because I'll, I will. Say, I'm not afraid to admit that yeah. cooperative games are not usually my first choice. Yeah, yeah. But I do appreciate Pandemic. I think it's it's uh, it's one of those where it's really hard to beat the game. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which is the sign of a good good cooperative agreed, game. Agreed. Yeah. The 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 tougher they are, the better. I think. Yeah. And yeah, Michelle, um, she prefers competitive games, which I do too. But I, I do have a soft spot for Pandemic just because it's the one that got me right. into it, right? Actually, I think that was one of my first modern games as well because okay. um, my older sister 
I'm, uh, this is the first time I'm giving her credit because we're <laughs> extremely competitive with one another. But she's actually the one that gave my parents uh, Settlers of Catan and Pandemic and to Suro. Suro? Suro. Suro, uh-huh. no T. Right. And uh, <laughs> the T is silent. And so those are ones that were in the house and that I started realizing, oh, there's more games out there than just Monopoly and Risk. Oh, and okay. uh, and Pandemic is definitely one that we played a bunch of. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, oh, just quick. Quick, gotta gotta brag, brag, not humble brag at all. Um, I was at Spiel in Essen this past year, and I got to open one of their deluxe pandemic boxes, oh. and it's this beautiful like Tiffany's blue metal lunchbox kind of thing. It's like a briefcase, right. and it has like a, a medical cross and says pandemic on top, and oh, wow. you can actually hang that on the wall like art, and then inside, it's really, really nice pieces, some wooden pieces, and um, I got to unbox it with Matt Leacock, who designed the game. No way. Yeah, wow. so we did a little unboxing of that. Uh, just bragging. I was going to say <laughs> humble brag, but it's a brag brag. It's a brag brag, yeah. Yeah, it's a straight up brag. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> it was one of the coolest moments that I've gotten to experience in gaming. Wow. Um, that's awesome. So, yeah, you know, had to brag about that. Um, <laughs> all right. So we should mention, because it's becoming a recurring thing on this show, uh, you're a fan of Twilight Imperium. I am. We're not going to get too much into it. Just okay. want to shout out that um, I have Becca Tall Rex. You have Mecca Tall Ruel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny is, okay, so we'll keep it short and sweet. I Ever since we played Twilight Imperium together, I cannot get the name Becatol Rex out of my yes, head. Yes, it's so, working. Yeah, it's totally, it's ingrained. So I, I can't even, I, I'll read it. It's like, that's Becatol Rex, not Becatol Rex. So that's... kudos to you, my friend. Ha just get in their brains. Just plant a little seed exactly. and invest it's everything. Like inception. Yeah. You know? um, now, I asked you some games you might want to talk about, and you gave me a long list because you have a lot of favorites. Yes. And uh, one that, I would love to talk about is Court of the Dead Mourner's Call, yes. which you recently play tested. Yes. Well, played, played, but with a, a sneak peek copy, I guess. Because yes. yeah. the Kickstarter copies are being manufactured right now. Yeah, Ross from USAopoly had me down at the uh, office uh, recently. and So you drove all the way to San Diego. I will drive anywhere for a good game, Becca. You drove a long way to be here today, yes. so thank you for yes. that. I appreciate that. Thank you that. for having me. Yeah, so yeah, I went down to the studio and they had uh, a production copy of it, which totally blew me away. I was like, wow, they had the metal pieces, this, you know, it looks so good. Tons of metal. Okay, so just for people who haven't heard of it, it just finished its Kickstarter, but you can still get in late to the Kickstarter. Court of the Dead, Mourner's Call. It's a 2019 game published by Project Raygun. And if you've ever been to a con, you've probably seen a booth for Sideshow Inc., which does collectible figures. I can't say miniatures because most of them are pretty large. They're these beautiful, intricate figures. And Tom Gilliland, that I believe is the creator of Sideshow, or one of the creators, um, he created this conceptual world of the Court of the Dead. And um, that... Uh, backstory uh, that that world yeah. was the basis of this game designed by Patrick Marino where the players known as mourners are allegiant to death they're attempting to settle the endless war between heaven and hell who are both so emotional just divas these celestials and we as the the 
legions of death have to work diplomatically to keep heaven and hell from knowing what we're up to as we try to take them both down and just endless in the stupid war let everybody just be dead and happy and uh, we keep the balance by earning influence in the three factions of bone spirit and flesh wow that, that's a great synopsis of the game. Well, thank you. I tried to put my flavor on it. Yeah, was... <laughs> so I, I even wrote up my thoughts on it a little bit. I was uh, blown away by this game. Right? As I mentioned to you right before we started rolling, sometimes when there's a whole world behind a game, it, it can be intimidating. Uh, I didn't think this was. I think it did a really great job of making the story part of the game, but not something that you need to know a bunch about in order to enjoy the game. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, the, you're right. The lore didn't overwhelm the experience. Mm-hmm. It was part of it, which was great, and it had all the you know, cool little flavor text and everything, but it never slowed down the game at all. You know, we, we got into it. You knew exactly what to do. You had your little little list of actions that you can do. You know, you spend your resources and do the cool things, but it was never like, oh, what's this mean? Or, you know, what is this part of the story? How does that affect that? No, it was, it was a really smoothly run game, and oh, I, I really enjoyed it. Me so, too. Yeah, right? And again, something with so much lore, you think, okay, there's going to be a million moving pieces. And there were a lot of ways to win, um, but only a limited number of ways to earn points. Mm-hmm. So not a point salad. You just are um, earning influence in these three bars with very intricate player boards. And by intricate, I mean, um, I like when there's the levels of the player board, the indented player yes, board. Yes, yeah, just like Scythe. Have you played Scythe? They have, Scythe is- Yeah, they have. Yes. Same thing, where everything's, you know, you have a little indents where you can slot your stuff. And uh, something about an indented player board I'm is all just about it. so magnetic. Yes, uh, yes. And, well, unless it had magnets, that'd be even better. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's one of the pieces that involves metal, because your counters for counting your influence are skulls made of metal. I just yeah. want to turn those into jewelry or something. They're yeah. so fantastic. The skulls were the best part. I, I just, I love yes. playing with those little things. Like, you know, there was so, like, they were so heavy metal, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, um, heavy metal. Yeah. See what you did there. <laughs> so, yeah, I really like the resource management part of the game because every time I wanted to do something, I was like, oh, well, I can't do it. It's it had sort of like a semi cooperative bit to it where yes. you didn't want that one track to get too high. Um, because then you would lose figures off the board, I, I believe it was. Right, there's the celestial track where yes. you need to make sure that heaven mm-hmm. isn't getting too powerful, and then anytime you bring one of your figures, one of your demon-type creatures right. onto the board as a worker placement type of mechanic, yeah. then that will anger the gods of hell or the demons will get too powerful because right, right. they have too many minions around. Yeah. And so that we're balancing together mm-hmm. and something bad will happen to you if you're the one that tipped the scales. Right. So I like that it keeps it from being too, too cutthroat. Right, right. Because you have to work together in this way exactly or else you all suffer something right so yeah i like that balancing act that you're talking about and it puts in a bunch of different mechanics but it doesn't feel like mishmashed because there's also card drafting each turn and then it's your hand management after you've drafted the cards so much going on and okay so i think my favorite part of court of the dead is it's 90 minutes (laughs) right (laughs) i mean i love i love a game that 
feels like it's the right amount of time to play. Obviously, yeah. we talk a lot about how we love Twilight Imperium. Yes. And that is eight hours, maybe six if you have four players, right. maybe less if you're playing every weekend. But <laughs> this actually took 90 minutes, and it didn't give you that feeling of, oh, wait, but if I had more time, I was going to do this thing, which some games end too soon that way. Right, right. What did you think about I, 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 I totally agree with you. It's that 90 minutes was like the sweet spot. You know, I think... Anything shorter, it would have felt like, oh, I'm missing a few turns here. I wish I could have done more. Anything longer would have been just bloat, mm-hmm. right? It, would, it was like the perfect amount of time. And it reminded me in that aspect of Blood Rage. Like, Blood Rage yes. is one of my favorites, and it has this, like, epic scope to it, this epic game, and yet you can still crank it out in 90 minutes, right? Now, Blood Rage, I've played once. This is the game where Viking-themed, yes. your goal is to get into Valhalla. Right. So essentially, you're trying to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, you get, I mean, you have certain missions you want to do, so you want to kill other people too. But it doesn't, it's not a bad thing to die and go to Valhalla, right? You're going to get glory for that as well. So, glory. Yeah, and another point that you hit on, which I totally agree on, is um, the fact that it has so many different mechanisms you know, in this game, you have the card drafting, you have the resource management, you have the hand management, and I love games like that where it's has a lot of different things going on, but it doesn't feel like it's overwhelming you, or it's not just, you know, this. It's it's not. I mean, it's a mishmash of me- mechanisms, but it's not like, you know, too much to handle. Yeah, it still runs smoothly. Sort of like this game called Twilight Imperium, which has, <laughs> yep, <laughs> which mm-hmm. has a ton of cool stuff. But I mean, obviously, it takes all day to play, but. The, this game, Courtyard, is, is it's it's brilliant. It's a great game. I'm actually, so you played with Pat Marino. Yes. Uh, so did I on Game the Game mm-hmm. on Keek and Sundry. If you haven't heard it, check it out. <laughs> Seen it. It's a video. Okay. Uh, <laughs> good plug, Becca. Really smooth. Um, but playing with the designer was really cool. Um, and I was very impressed because this was his first sort of from scratch game. He's done stuff for USAopoly, mm-hmm. now the op. The op, that's right. Yes. I, I hesitantly say it because I think they're just now rolling that out like, yeah. right as we speak. It's right. sort of happening. But I saw Ross Thompson post the op, so I was like, okay, I think okay I can say it now. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's done some of, I know he did a Rick and Morty um, oh, okay, version Rick and Morty. of... Risk, I want to say. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. A Rick and Morty version of one of the things that USAopoly does. Right. Um, but uh, this was the one of the first ones that he had done entirely his own design. Wow. Obviously based on an existing property IP. But um, so I'm really excited to see what he does next. Same here. Yeah. He yeah. was, and he was a great teacher. He's, you know, yes. he taught the game. Obviously, it's his game. But just I really appreciate the style of teaching where you know. He explains everything that you need to know, but it's very clear and, you know, you can go in order and just figure everything out for yourself. But at the same time, he's there to give you a little helping hand. Yeah, totally. He was really good about that. Kudos to you, Pat. Yeah, shout out to Pat. (laughs) Don't worry, we'll get him on here and we'll make him talk about someone else's game. There you go. I like the sort of dominoes effect we're doing here. Um, Let's talk more about Blood Rage. What do you love about it? I love Blood Rage. Um, What a... I love it because it's epic. It's 90 minutes. Um, it's just, it just plays really smoothly, and I feel like for new players, um, it's one of those games that looks a little more intimidating than it really is. So you know you have all these great figures on board. Everyone's moving on, you know, throughout the the provinces and areas. But when you come down, when it comes down to it, it's very simple. You have a hand of cards that you card draft, like Sushi Go or Seven Wonders. 
get your cards, you either play your card or play an action, spend your rage. Very, very simple. And Ugh, if only I could spend my rage in life. <laughs> you know? As long as it's in a constructive way. It's, yeah, it's I feel okay. like it was so much easier for Vikings. Yeah. You now know, my like, rage just gets bottled up yeah. and, or goes out on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> And um, Blood Rage was designed by Eric M. Lang, yeah. who is one of the titans of this industry. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Eric Lang fanboy, total fanboy. He's boy. sort yeah. of like the Einstein uh, of games, and I'm just talking about his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had hair like that, right? He has his mad scientist hair, <laughs> yes. and I feel like it just um, tells you exactly who he is. Right, right. When you see him, you're like, oh, I get yeah. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. see hair like that. I'm thinking game designer. Yeah, I'm right thinking just ideas come from the hair right, right. and seep into his brain. And then genius <laughs> emerges in the form of games. Yeah. He did Godfather, yes. uh, which is a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he worked on Arcane Academy. Yes. I'm cheating. I'm looking. Oh, it's all good. The uh, uh, one that I love that's out of print is Chaos in the Old World. What it's, is that? That's a Warhammer board game. That Oh, I've but, heard of Warhammer. Uh, yeah. You might have heard about it. Uh, I've gotten to do a couple how to play videos for Warhammer. Right. Shout out to me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they fly you out to England or whatever? Yeah. Oh I got to tour uh, 40K World. <laughs> wow. I've never been to England. I've always wanted to go. Um, buildings are older. Okay. And people talk funny. Oh. How's the food? Yeah. Yeah. I want to try fish and chips, though, out there. That's my thing. Well, for me, fish and chips is, uh, oh, well, we should mention that chips are fries. Oh, yeah. And then our chips are crisps. Crisps. And, uh, oh, now I've lost all the other ones. But there's uh, <laughs> there's so many delightfully charming, uh, let's see, napkins are diapers. Really? Yeah. There's. <laughs> so I put a diaper Trevor to my Noah face. Noah has a whole thing oh, in his yeah. stand-up set yeah, about. Yeah, uh, you want a napkin? Yeah. He's buying his first taco. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's a great. That's from his Am book, right? Am I gonna right? need it? Yeah, it you're gonna book? need it. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's his newest stand-up. Oh, the stand-up. You should read his book. His book is excellent. I uh, born a crime. Yes. Ah. so good. Well, yeah, that's you know the title says it all. Yes. <laughs> sounds pretty interesting. It is. Now I'm reading a book called Rage Becomes Her. Rage becomes yeah. Her. So blood rage is an appropriate thing to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about how. In the past, it hasn't been societally acceptable for women to express rage in the same ways. Good thing I am unabashed about expressing my rage. Very nice. (laughs) So that book, is that your, I I remember seeing you tweet out, or it might have been your Instagram where you're talking about are you, is that part of your book club, or what are you doing a book club? Or is you that... mean you mean my tweeting out my New Year's resolutions was that, what it was? that I'm soon to give up? <laughs> I have been reading more books with pages instead of the kind that goes in your ear holes. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but I didn't actually start a book club, as was my New Year's resolution. <laughs> okay. What were your New Year's resolutions? Um, I don't. I don't do those. Um, oh. Yeah. Go I just, why? Um. <laughs> I don't know, because I've just throughout my lifetime of just breaking them. You know, I was like, <laughs> I like to set low expectations for myself <laughs> so I can exceed them continuously. Disagree. <laughs> you did a month of writing about games. Oh, yeah. Well, that wasn't really the New Year thing. That was just a November thing. Right, yeah, right. right. So your New Year is November. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> so what's the next ta- challenge as far as writing about games? As far as writing, I don't have any challenges um that I that I've like set up for myself. Um, I just I want to continue writing about games, but I want to write about them for different venues or websites. You know, stuff that isn't typically like 
a gaming website or, you know, something like that. I want to go, you know, I want to, I see articles I can, you know, like the Wall Street Journal, you know, that I want to, you know, I want to write for those type of um, websites and stuff, right? I need to know more about your writing aspirations, but right now we've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, we're back with Victory Points, and I'm here with Ruel Gaviola, the writer, <laughs> prolific board game writer. You're everywhere writing about games. It's very impressive. Thank you. And you were just telling me that your ultimate goal is to win a Pulitzer Prize for board game. No, I'm putting words in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sort of cool, though, if to you think about it. elevate board game writing. Yeah, yeah, elevate it. And... I mean, it's an art form, right? I mean, these board games are amazing. The you know the writers and the artists that are involved with it, they're they're freaking talented people, right? And um, I feel it's such a privilege for me to be able to cover you know these you know these games, and it's it's fun. You know, I love it. And but I'd like to you know it's I have these different outlets that I write for, but I want to I want to continue to push for getting them in different you know different types of outlets like. You know, LA Times or mainstream, mainstream, quote unquote. Right, right. Different type of publications that you might not think of. Oh, that's, you know, there's something about board games in the LA Times today or whatever. So, yeah, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to do that sometime. Oh, know. very cool. Yeah. Well, I have a, you know, how you can do those Google news alerts yeah. to your inbox. Uh-huh. And I have one for tabletop and for board games. Nice. And it's, it's so exciting to just see how pervasive. It's getting, right. you know, it's just like the Becca Tall Rex <laughs> in in everyone's right. interpretation yeah. of TI. Exactly. We got to make people think board games and think endless possibilities. Exactly. That's like, our job. Right, right. Like five years ago, you you know, it wouldn't be like this, right? But now it's like board games. You Like you said, Google Alerts, they show up now in, in your news feed and everything. Yeah, it seems yeah. like every city has its own little con happening mm-hmm. too. Right. Or, you know, uh, like gaming restaurant and bar, or you know, mm-hmm. Game House is one yeah. that we love. Yes, yes. Shout that, out to Game House, Glendale, yeah, California. That you just celebrated your birthday at. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and I was deathly ill, or I would have gone. I'm so I sorry. Know. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> we, we, you were there in spirit. Yeah, right? I was blocks away, hacking and coughing, and not getting out of bed. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, documentaries. I'm glad you're doing a lot better. So. Thank you. Yeah. I survived. Back <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, one of the games that you put when I asked you what your favorite games are, you put Happy Salmon on your list. <laughs> yes. What is Happy Salmon, and why do you like it? Happy Salmon is the greatest game ever. It's, oh gosh. <laughs> it's a, uh, everyone has a deck of cards that has four different little fish symbols, and you're trying to do these fish actions, right? You have a high five. You have a Pound it with the fist. You Just know. like fish do. Exactly, right? The happy salmon. There's a switch places. Yeah, switcheroo. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to play this. It's in real time. You're just trying to play the cards by whatever card you have in your hand. You're trying to match with someone else. So if I have a high five, I'm trying to get someone to high five with me. It takes like a minute to play. It's probably the greatest game I've ever played. <laughs> do you want to know my beef with happy salmon? What is your beef with happy salmon? Or my... Hmm. My, my, po- my, my fish with happy salmon. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I hate the daps. If anyone is wearing rings, if anyone has a stronger fist bump than me, I have been 
pummeled in wow. the hand wow. countless times playing Happy Salmon. I, and therefore, I vow to never play Happy Salmon again. <laughs> I can see why that would be my, a problem. For Ouch. my knuckles. Yeah. Unless I'm starting a fight club, in which case, Happy Salmon would be the first thing I throw down. Right. First rule about fight club is you can't talk about fight club. Second right. rule of fight club is you can't talk about fight club. Third rule of fight club, you got to beat me at Happy Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't talk about it. <laughs> you can't talk about that. No, no, no. <laughs> wow, I didn't know you played with such violent players. That's crazy. Well, I'm used to playing with like like my little nieces and nephews. So. Ah, yeah, well, they probably turn around and say what I'm saying about you. Yeah, now that I think about it, we've never played again since that first time. <laughs> <laughs> mean Uncle Ruel keeps trying to get me to play his happy Sam game. <laughs> Oh, my. Uh, and then another one you have on there. It's another one of these simple, quick. Uh, we need a term for like a very table talky, eye contact y type mm-hmm. of game. Is there a term for that? I don't know. Party game? Social game? Yeah, but more than that, I, th- I think. Sure, party game. Okay. Uh, but I, I, it's also a qualifier for me in all games is whether there's enough eye contact in it. Uh-huh. But one I really like that I played recently uh, is The Mind. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah, I don't know. That's such a unique game. Like I <laughs> Actually, I disagree. Before I played, I had to rag on it a little bit. Oh, really? I know I'm being harsh today. Do it. But um, my initial thought was, this is an improv game that I've pay- played in every improv plav- class. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do my improv warm-ups today. Um, and in every improv class, there's a game where everyone closes their eyes, stands in a circle, and counts to 20. But you're playing with a group of maybe 10, 15 people, uh-uh. and if anyone says the same number at the same time, you start over at zero, at one. And so I thought, well, they just put this on cards. <laughs> and, really? That's but it's a fast. different game with different different strategy to right. it. And So the acting thing, so are you just counting off in your head, and what do you do? The counting like, aloud. Everyone's okay. eyes are closed. Okay. So you and I could play with just two people, uh-huh. eyes open or closed. I'd say one. You'd say two, I'd say three. But with 15 people, it's anybody can jump in. It's sort of oh, like popcorn, pop it around. Gotcha. People, different people saying different numbers. If any two people say the same number, then you start over. Oh, okay. So yeah. that is sort of like the mind. Yeah, thing. so that's what I thought of when I saw the mind. But, oh, we didn't even explain what the game oh, is. Yeah. Uh, do, do you want to do the honors? Yeah, so the mind, you have a deck of cards that's numbered 1 through 100, and the object of the game is to play your cards in order. So round one or level one, we everyone starts with one card. You can you Nobody knows what they have, and the rule of the game is you cannot talk or communicate with your fellow players. Which is sort of impossible. Right? Right? So, yeah. <laughs> you do the best you can. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to do this like Vulcan mind meld and mm-hmm. get everyone on the same page to play their cards in order. So obviously if I have the number one card, I'm going to play it right away. Or even if you have the number five card, yeah. because there's a hundred cards. Right. So if you're under ten, you want to get that down first. Exactly. But what if just because of the shuffle of the deck, somebody else had a one? Yeah, And right? you just, you were too fast. Exactly. So that's the whole trick of the game is trying to figure out you know, you get in, you know, when am I going to play this, like, number 20, right, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then is it cheating if you're sort of, like, 
slow motion putting one down so people can see that you think you have one. Yeah, and that's I don't think sure. that's yeah I don't know if that's specifically <laughs> talked about in the rules, but yeah, like the uh, the friends that I play with, we have this strict like okay, don't you can't do a thing. Really? Yeah, because oh, and this uh, this honestly comes back to like when I used to play poker. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like when we played the mine a couple times. Friends of mine would like have this little smirk. I'm like, okay, he's got a high card. You know, I'm like, dude, you can't you can't give me any kind of facial cues because that's like cheating in my book, right? Yes. So they said, okay, so no one like total blank expression, you know. So this makes me think of other party games, and I want to know your stance on um, a poker face when you're the clue giver in code names. Oh, oh gosh, it's been a while since I played code names. So oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's always a go-to for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I love code names. Uh, I mean, I know it's one of those that actually I like to say that that is the game that will stand the test of time because as more and more games are made and more and more games get popular, it becomes more difficult to have that staying power on a shelf that of course the monopolies and the risks and the sorries have in mainstream um, infiltration. Right. Uh, and I think I think Codenames definitely is getting to that status. Definitely. It, or, it's it's an evergreen title. It's going to yes, yeah, it'll evergreen be the, for sure. Yeah, it'll be there forever. It, it's a, it's a really good game and I, so yeah, when in Codenames you have to keep that poker face because your teammates can, you know, sort of, oh, if I'm putting my hand next to this one, oh, he looks like he's sad or she doesn't look too happy, right. I'm going to point there. Yeah, so, yeah you're and right. I, uh, I will be a real, I will really police the other team's <laughs> clue giver and I will watch them like a hawk. <laughs> and if they start to make a face, I was like, Mm-mm. yep. What are you doing? And th- except when I'm the clue giver, I do the same. I'll just when something bad happens, I'll stare at the ceiling. <laughs> and it's like, wait, she wasn't staring at the ceiling before. Right. What does this mean? Okay, <laughs> so you got those little subtle cues. Yeah, there. Okay. it's so hard. I don't want to say I'm a cheater. It's just real hard right, to right. have a complete poker face. <laughs> right. So is that where your poker experience really helps you? I, I feel like I, it probably does a little bit. Yeah. But it's been so long since I played poker. I feel like all that like training or whatever is out the window, and it's not like riding a bike. It really isn't. You no, know? you got to keep up. You keep, keep up the the poker face. Yeah, face. it's like going to the gym. You know, you gotta you know keep doing it. Like yeah, so. <laughs> oh man, so do you remember any strategies about just theoretically about poker facing it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> someone I you do. You re- impart. Yeah, there's like little things like you know if you're just the way you're handling your chips at the table. Ooh. You know if you're, I, I used to have this friend that I, I knew that anytime he would hold his chips a certain way, I knew it was like okay, he's got a strong hand. I'm gonna <gasps> get out of here. Oh, yeah. busy fingers or it was calm. busy. It was the way he was tapping. You know, he would tap it like two or three times. And I remember I was like, oh. So-and-so's got a big hand. I'm going to drop this one out. But if he wasn't doing that, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to put all his chips in the middle here. We're gonna... Did you ever tell them? Uh, uh, yeah, eventually after. <laughs> hey, you hey. got a huge tell, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Later on after I won a few pots off. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> By the way, I'm taking all your money and yeah. here's why. Here's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very cool. Uh, so... Where where can people find your articles that you're working on right now? Are you working on anything big right now? I, I'm working on a couple of things. Um, I do want to say this. I'm work. I just um, hooked up with uh, the people from Cardbook, Cardboard Republic, uh, Ryan and his crew. They are starting the Tabletop Writers Guild. Oh, yeah, it's really cool. It's uh, geared towards uh, writers who write about board games and tabletop games and. 
um, we're starting a guild. So it's going to be this association where we can all get together, talk, share resources. And um, I think it'll be out. The websites will be up by the time this airs, I believe. So tabletopwritersguild.org. Really excited about that. Oh, very cool. Yeah. As far as the other stuff, you can always find me at Ruel Gaviola on Twitter, R-U-E-L-G-A-V-I-O-L-A, or Gaming with Ruel on Instagram. Amazing. And you also have a blog. I do have a blog, yeah. Uh, RuelGaviola.com. You can find me there. Yeah. Ruel, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for coming in on your birthday to talk about some of your favorite games with me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's always fun hanging out with you. And we got to play Twilight Imperium soon. Oh, my God. I'm going to crush you. Oh, my. Bechdel Rex. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much to our whole five listeners we now have. You are all very special to me. Thanks to Brian. Andy, Jeff, Marina, and Betsy. Those are all made-up names. But if, <laughs> but if I said your name, that was the real one, specifically towards you. Make sure that you guys rate, like, and subscribe, and do all the things. Review us so that other people can find this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.